You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks supporter at The Athletic Wisconsin. And joining me as always is my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. Frank, I've missed you. So happy to have you back. How is your Thursday night heading into Friday going? Uh, it's good, Eric. Uh, it's good to be back. Um, I, thanks to uh, Mitchell Maurer, our good friend, for filling in. And I listened to you guys this morning while I was going to work. And um, I think you guys covered most of the points I would have made about the Bucks and Rockets game, which um, I'm happy to report did not uh, tear my household apart. Um, I'm not getting divorced from my wife, who is a Rockets fan. Uh, we're okay. Just sleeping on the couch. No <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, everything is uh, everything's good. Uh, and um, I mean, I think in the grand scheme of the universe, I mean, while my wife is a big Rockets fan, I mean, let's just say I get more out of Bucks wins than she gets out of Rockets wins at this point. Um, so, you know, I think cosmically this was the correct outcome for, for our family. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, it was good. I mean, I was let's just say this. I uh, I um, I was very anxious early on. I was very frustrated as a Giannis uh, stat whore. I was very frustrated with Giannis really not being able to get shots early. And then he missed some bunnies. And I was like, ah, uh, Giannis, don't be doing this in this game. You know, especially given the whole. MVP showdown aspect of it. Um, so obviously it was very, um, it was a relief and, and great to see Giannis, um, you know, kind of come into the game as it wore on and, um, you know, to go eight out of 16 and um, hit uh, 27 points and grab 21 rebounds, five assists in a game where he, you know, I, I maybe he's, I don't know how many times it's happened, maybe once or twice this year where he doesn't have a dunk. Um that uh that's that's pretty cool even if he again didn't hit any jump shots um for actually i think he did hit that one kind of step back that kind of bounced around the rim a little bit and went in um but obviously he didn't hit any long jumpers missed his only three so um you know fine yep didn't do that but uh w's baby (laughs) yeah it's it is really i mean it's just it's something you know to to watch the Bucks on national TV. I don't even know how many times this is already this year. Certainly more than most seasons. Uh, they've already been on national TV that much. They're already had a Christmas Day game. Uh, they have another one at the end of January and then a couple more after that. And I, it's just every couple weeks the Bucks are on, on national TV. And that's just a thing that happens now. And there's no longer, at least I don't think there's not, hashtag national TV bucks or any takes like that where the bucks screw it up when they have the, the biggest, brightest light shining on them. Like they've, they've been fine on national TV this year, I think. Right. Like I'm, I'm trying to think through um, if they've had any re- real stinkers, but I don't think so. I think they, they've, 
continue to win some of those games. Uh, obviously, they dropped that one to the Warriors at home, but they also beat the Warriors in Golden State on national TV. The home, home um, Sixers win early in the season was a national game. The TNT yep. game against the Celtics in Boston, that was another one. Yeah, I'm sure we're forgetting. Okay, so they're like two two and two, and then I think they had a... Was the 7-0 and game against the Raptors on NBA TV? I think might it have might been, have yeah. been. Um, but... There's a, like there's no there's no narrative there, right? Like whether or not, whether or not they've won all of them, there there's no narrative. And then the, on top of it, there if there is a narrative, it's oh Giannis is the MVP and he's playing like an MVP and having a big game like an MVP. And I think all of that is is comforting and nice and and good for Bucks fans and their sanity. Like that that is those are all good things. So uh, yeah, I mean I think that kind of covers all of it. But you know. You were talking about trying to figure out exactly what you thought we had missed, and you, there was something kind of along those lines that you were thinking about as you watched the game, as you watched your reaction to the game, as you watched uh, social media during the game. Like there was something a little bit more there, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the it was interesting, kind of reading uh, today. Just some of the obviously, there was a lot of reaction to the game last night. Um, you know, a number of the national podcasts were talking about it. And um, I think we'll talk about the the jump um, and, and what they were saying about it as well. But, um, you know, I, it was interesting, Giannis's comments where he kind of, you know, like Harden has been very outspoken about, like, it's my award, you know, like, I, I'm going to win it. You know, kind of being very uh, upfront about his expectation of winning a second MVP. Um, and it was interesting because Giannis was just kind of, and I forget the exact quote, but you know, Giannis was summoning the effect of, you know, I'm not worrying about, I'm caring about winning and all that other stuff falls into place if he wins. Um, and uh, I think he was even said some things that were even more kind of, you know, humble and I'm uh, not, not self-deprecating, but I mean, he basically just has said that, you know, he's not even really thinking about it. Um, and I think he even used the phrase, I don't know if I'm there yet. Um, which is, you know, for a competitive guy, kind of surprising. I mean, I, I don't think, I don't, wouldn't expect Giannis to be kind of a chest thumper claiming he's the MVP and, and all that. That's not exactly his style. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I think him saying it's going to take care of itself, that he really cares about winning, um, that, that stuff does seem very Giannis because he said something to the effect um, this year. Um, but he, I mean, he's talked about even, I think, last year, right? I mean, when he had the conversation with Jim Paschke going into the season and they said, well, you can't win most improved again. And he said, well, what if I'm MVP? <laughs> and so, um, yeah. so he's, you know, it's clearly something that he thinks about, you know, how can he not given all the, the noise around him? But, um, but I, you know, just one more reason to enjoy Giannis. And, you know, there was the video of him uh, posing right before the game, signing stuff for the fans who, I guess somebody had come from Pakistan to, to see him play. And so it's just, I, I mean, just, just another 24 hours of, of reason to love Giannis and he's just wonderful. And, you know, again, we might as well lead with it tonight because um, we so often leave it to the last 10 minutes when Giannis does amazing things. Um, so yes, we all, we worship at the altar uh, at, in the church of the freak and um, Giannis, we love you. You're great. I, I want to say the exact opposite. Giannis, I hate you. You're the worst because I would love some MVP quotes. Um, I would love for you to say that that you'd like the MVP because that would be a great story to write. No, I'm just kidding. But um, you're, you're 100% right in that. Like, 
you know, there's, there's plenty of athletes that are fake humble or know that, you know, they're supposed to say the right thing. And, you know, when all of my interactions with Giannis about, Oh God, I don't even know. Like, yeah. Okay. You have this head to head matchup. The Raptors are in town. You versus Kawhi. Who's the best guy in the Eastern conference. And he'll just be like, you know, it's just about winning. Like if I win, they'll probably say I'm the best in the Eastern conference. If they win, they'll probably say he's the best in the Eastern conference. Like, all I can control is winning. So, you know, that's, that's what I try to, that's what I try to do. I don't worry about the individual stuff and, you know, like that's, that's just kind of always been who he is. And I think the question that he got asked was like, Oh, uh, Brooke said you're the best player in the NBA or something of that, that something to that regard. And, you know, do you agree with his assessment? And, you know, it's just like, Oh no, you know, I'm not there yet. And like, I, I still have a ways to go and improve. And I mean, in what it like in one regard, he's not lying. Uh, he does have a, a lot of ways that he can improve, a lot of ways that he can get better, and you know we see that every year. But in in another regard, well, he's probably the MVP right now. Um, I'm pretty sure he's the MVP at the moment. Uh, so there's just kind of this this strange uh, push and pull of uh, everyone around him trying to make sure that he gets hyped up to the appropriate level and uh, that he's just recognized as one of the best players in the league and then him who when he gets asked about it he's just like eh, you know uh i'm just trying to win games you know that's what that's what i'm worried about not not trying to be the mvp so yeah that that's that is 100 percent Giannis. that is very much who he is and um you mentioned signing autographs and doing all that stuff uh, and, and another it's it is always kind of amazing to me just how good he is in those situations. Like just always, always ready to sign an autograph, always ready to take a picture. And this year I think it's gone to an entirely different level, but you know, after games it's, it's not rare to get done with our media session with him in the locker room. He'll be one of the last guys out of the locker room. He'll walk out and then there'll be all sorts of people that want to meet him and, get an autograph or a selfie or, or whatever it may be. And obviously, you know, there's times where you get to see pictures of it, like when he's in New York and stuff like that. And then there's just other times where he's not on camera and he's, he's not putting on a show. He's just kind of doing that. So as far as ambassadors go uh, for your, your franchise, I can't really think of one much better than Yasta Kumbo. So yes, all of that stuff, uh, everything you're kind of talking about there, totally genuine. That is, it's kind of just who Giannis is as a human. So uh, that I, I think that's that should be a good thing for most Bucks fans that, you know, the guy that you do like to watch and cheer for is is actually kind of that that good guy. Um, so that, that should be good for all Bucks fans. Okay. Um, you mentioned just kind of the idea that there was a lot of talk about MVP going into that game. There was a lot of talk about MVP after that game. And then there was some more talk about it today. And... I guess we'll start with, I mean, I guess kind of the thing that I found most interesting, I tweeted about it tonight, but uh, the jump opened with a, a monologue from Rachel Nichols on on Giannis, and um, I didn't agree with the monologue. I, I didn't think it made a lot of sense, but if you watched on in the segment, I, I think it ended up going well because, you know, it was... It was Paul Pierce. It was Amin Al Hassan, kind of standing up for Giannis. But um, it, it was just kind of a, a weird, a weird monologue, a weird um, 
kind of argument being made, but essentially Rachel is just kind of arguing like, okay, Giannis had this great season. He had a great performance last night, but you know, in the mind of MVP voters will, will there be some pause because they see that he doesn't have a jump shot that, you know, on a, on a big stage, like there was last night, there's still him just bricking up jumpers as, as people aren't closing him out or, or whatever it may be. And, you know, I just thought it was um, kind of an absurd question because one, the media has been behind Giannis for a while now. Like if you look at last year's media voting for NBA all-star, he was on LeBron's level. Like as far as whether or not Giannis was an all-star. And again, you can argue all-star is different than MVP. And you can argue that the Eastern conference didn't have a ton of people. And that was kind of who you had to vote for or whatever, but you can vote for all, you can say all those things, but it still happened and they voted in that way. So I, I, I just, I, I couldn't imagine thinking about who the MVP was. And then uh, before I cast that vote, be like, man, he doesn't have a jumper. I don't know if I can, I can, I don't know if I can vote for this guy. Like that, that just seemed absurd to me. He's, he's one of the best offensive players in the league. He's a great defender. He impacts the game in a million different ways. Like that's, that's what an MVP looks like. And I just thought it was kind of absurd. And uh, I think both Paul Pierce and Amin Hassan said, he's the MVP. That's, it's totally fine. It doesn't matter if he's uh, kind of sitting there, but Rachel mentioned the idea that, okay, maybe there's going to be some MVP voters out there that think, well, he's not at his full potential yet, so there's still more to come. So maybe he doesn't deserve the MVP quite yet. And, and maybe that's a little bit better, but I don't know. The, the whole thing just kind of yeah, I mean, didn't make a ton of sense to me. I, I think it's fair to say that there may be some people who think that way. You know, like when people are perceived to have some flaw, then some people, I believe incorrectly, um, ignore that, that flaw doesn't actually prevent them from doing the thing that you're trying to value. Right. Like ultimately it's about, you know, like if you're, you know, from a a shooting standpoint, I mean, really the question is like, are you able to score, you know, for an MVP? Yeah. I mean, you have to be able to score some, if he was, you know, scoring 17 points a game because he doesn't have a jump shot, then he's not in the MVP conversation because he's not actually performing anywhere close to, you know, where the other candidates are. And, I mean, you look at just the field of candidates, there is so much top-end talent in the NBA right now. It is freaking absurd. I mean, like, just looking at, like, the all-NBA voting, um, I mean, like, the forward position, you know, some one of LeBron and Kevin Durant right now would not make all-NBA first team despite them putting up MVP caliber numbers in any season, really. Um, I mean, it's it's crazy how many good players there are in this league especially forwards i mean i'm not having you mentioned Kawhi. um so there's so much town league so i get that you know people are going to look at the margins and try to split hairs and you know some people may i i believe incorrectly like try to find reasons to not vote for someone or not value someone um or whatever but yeah i mean i think amin and paul pierce were totally correct when they were just basically like well I mean, he still does everything offensively in terms of production. His team is the has the best record in the league. Um, you know, the 
Shaq didn't have a jumper either comment came into, which I think is always the, you know, something that is always good to, to point out, right? Like just because Giannis is perceived as being kind of like a wingish player. I think that's partly why people care about this. Like if he was a center, I don't think people would really care as much. Um, but because he's still view, I mean, a lot of people still don't even realize that he's like, a, like a full-time four slash occasional five and not a three. Yeah. Um, so there's sort of this, you know, again, there's more of the perception that he, um, that the lack of shooting matters. And especially on the Bucks, it doesn't matter because, you know, everybody else shoots. So, I mean, there's really not like, it's not like there's some guy who, you know, some other star player who like is, you know, being underutilized because Giannis is, isn't stretching the floor or something. And like the whole idea that like, and Rachel like mentioned it and it kind of like occasionally gets brought up like, oh, well, in the playoffs, teams are just going to sag off him. Hey, you know what teams can do in the in the regular season? Sag off him. Like, what? Why is it suddenly like? Why is it only in the playoffs that like you don't defend Giannis's jump shot? Like, am I missing something here? Do, like, do I need to go over his his playoff averages? Because yeah, last year they, the playoffs. they played the best defense in the league, the the best defense in the league that had removed their worst defender, Kyrie Irving. And he averaged 25.7 points, 9.6 rebounds, and 6.3 assists. Seems pretty good to me. I, I don't know. Uh, may, may, call me crazy. 57% shooting. Feels pretty good. Um, thought that was okay. And again, the year before against the Raptors team, that was solid defensively. 24.8 points, 9.5 rebounds, 4 assists. Again, feels pretty good. Um, you know, I, 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 that was that was the thing I quote tweeted with Rachel's monologue was like the whole playoffs line, and it's just like, okay, uh, how many? I mean, I understand you have to win a playoff series. Don't don't get me wrong. We've talked about that here. Like, it doesn't matter how many playoff or how many regular season games you win before you win a playoff series, and the Bucks can't win a playoff series until they get in one. So I, I get it. Like that that's going to continue being a question until it isn't, but. It's just like, what about last year's performance would suggest that Giannis can't play in the playoffs? Like, there, there's yeah. literally nothing. They, they played yeah. the best defensive team in the league with, I think, what people consider one of the best coaches in the league who absolutely sags off of him and absolutely makes him work for stuff. And he destroyed them. He just straight up destroyed them. Like, it's just a, a ridiculous argument. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, again, it's just. Again, people need something to talk about. And um, so I think on the one hand, yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting thing to, to highlight that, you know, the fact that Giannis hasn't shot consistently also means that he does have an untapped upside that really these other guys don't have. That, that, that which Rachel brought up, is very, very true. Um, and And to me, that's, you know, you can obviously spin that into a positive when you think about, like, evaluating, like, the most promising you know, talent in the league, because there is still this next level that Giannis could probably attain um, if he kind of become a, became a more respectable shooter. But I mean, it's kind of funny, like they alluded to like, oh, if he can get up to like 30, 29, 30%, whatever, it's like, well, he shot 31% last year and people still said he doesn't have a jump shot um, from three. Man, he, and, should, he should just go to like Philly or something. Then he could also <laughs> be a jump shooter. Yeah. And then he, um, I mean, what is he shooting like 42, 43% on long twos this year? But, you know, that. um, and, and understandably, I mean, again, it's like, that's, no. he would have to be so incredibly good. I mean, he'd have to be like literally the best mid range jump shooter in the league to actually have you want him to shoot that a lot. Um, cause he's so much better. <laughs> I mean, he's so freaking unstoppable when he drives. Yes. Um, so I think 
you know, again, it's it's just something that is going to keep coming up until he just makes more threes. Uh, and that's probably the reason. Well, that's probably the most annoying thing about him not yep. being able to shoot threes is that I, then I have to hear people talk about him not being able to shoot threes. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, a more subtle thing that I think is frustrating when you think about, you know, there aren't many aspects of his development which are frustrating. Um, I think another one of them is the fact that like he's so good at getting to the rim that he rarely has to shoot shots from like six, seven feet away. And, you know, we saw against the jazz, like um, he hit a couple little like short jump hooks, but like he's been very bad at that shot um, for a while now. Like I think early Mm -hmm. in his career, it looked like he was working on that. That could be like a part of his game. And that you could argue is as, you know, as useful as a mid-range jump shot, given how easily he can get that look. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's still, of course, you know, with him untapped upside, and that's uh, an exciting thing. But, you know, I think if I could retire the, well, wait until he gets a jump shot, dot, 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 you know, comments. <laughs> I mean, we've heard that for years and years. And again, not denying that, yes, he would be better if he could shoot threes and, you know, be yeah. whatever. But, um but he's arrived. He is the MVP right now. Um, and, um, you know, I get it. Like he's harder to, uh, ISO at the top of the key with 15 seconds left in a game. I can understand that comment, but he's still a guy that I want to do that with. And I still think that he's going to be able to make either a play to get a good shot or a, a drive, a drive, a drive, draw the defense to get somebody else a good shot. So, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know. I almost like feel guilty kind of rationalizing it even by talking a lot about it. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know to be honest, you know, I don't, I, I think Giannis winning MVP is, I know it's like a really meaningful thing for, for Bucks fans. And I totally understand that, but like part of me isn't even like, I, I don't know. I don't even really worry about it that much. Um, you know, it is what it is. And I think, you know, Giannis's comment, you know, you just win games and it takes care of itself. I mean, for me, that's just sort of my perspective as well. You know, if the media wants to say he's the MVP or next week, he's not the MVP, you know, to a large extent, it's fun to talk about, but it's kind of just noise. And as long as he's producing at this level, um, you know, you can feel great about everything to do with Giannis and I haven't even again mentioned you know that's just his him as a player it's not we're not even talking about him as a person which obviously also is just incredible that he he is all these things at once yeah and it was it's funny that you kind of mentioned like the idea of like oh he can't iso late in games and I mentioned last night but you know I was on as I'm 105.7 The Fan with my good friend Sparky. And, you know, he, he brought up the idea like, okay, game tied, two minutes left. Who's, whose team do you want to be on? Like, who do you want to be in that spot to, you know, get your baskets late? And I was just like, well, I, I know what you want me to say here. Like, I understand that you want me to say that I'd rather have James Harden because he can ISO and he can create a step back three. And I, I don't know if I'm a James Harden stand, but – pretty dang close to one so like yeah i get it like like i understand what you're trying to get me to say but it's like it's also two sides of the ball (laughs) and you know Giannis doesn't have a jumper get it but james harden's not good on defense like 
that's an entire side of the ball. Like a jumper is just one thing. And, you know, like, okay, so yeah, Giannis, you may not go to Giannis ISOs for the last three minutes of the game, but you're not going to go to a James Harden post up on a mismatch to get Eric Bledsoe a backdoor. Was it a dunk? I don't know if he actually dunked it. I think he just laid it up. Laid it in, yeah. You're, you're not going to be able to work with Giannis, then have him kick it out, go to someone else, and it, like James Harden's not going to get a tip in like Giannis did. Like, it, is anyone in the league going to do that? AD maybe? Like maybe AD can get that tip that Giannis did late to seal the game? Like, so yeah, like there, there's there's no denying that, okay, the, the it's maybe not going to be what the Bucks do. They're not just going to go three minutes of ISO to end the game with Giannis at the top of the key. But there's also a bunch of things that he does late in the game that other guys don't do. There's James Harden's not going to be contesting shots at the rim. He's not going to be getting blocks. He's not going to be getting rebounds that seal it. He's not going to be doing all those other things. Like he's going to score, and he's maybe the most. In- <sighs> This last month has maybe been the most incredible scoring month I've ever seen. So he's just unbelievable at that one thing, but there's other weaknesses to his game. And, you know, the game of basketball is made up of a lot of things. And I'm I'm very aware that scoring is a huge part of it and playmaking is as well. And Harden's great at that. But like Giannis is good at good. I shouldn't even say good. He's great at those things too. And then he does a whole lot of other stuff. So uh, like it, it is always interesting that we circle certain things that make you clutch or whatever it is late in the game. And Giannis is just really good. So um, I'm trying to think there was, I'm trying to think for through last night. Um, you know, there's part of me that wonders like, should Ursan be playing minutes and then he hits two threes like in the Bucks needed kind of each of them. One was the capper to Giannis tossing a ball off of Harden's face. So like you needed that for the highlight. Uh, and then the other one was, I think a three in the first quarter that made it 26, 23 or something like that. Like uh, what do you, what do you think with the, the Thon Ursan kind of discussion Thon only got three minutes in this game and, I don't know, like Ersan's kind of just got his spot back and I don't I don't know that I love the way that he's been playing. He tried to draw a couple charges. He got one on Harden, but I, I don't know. Where's your head at there? Yeah, it was like feast or famine with with Ersan. I mean, it it there was one play in particular where Ersan got caught um having to be the the drop man in a you know, like a pick and roll type situation with Harden and I mean, he was just like completely cooked right and again like james harden can yeah. cook a lot of guys but um you know it, it he i think night to night in the regular season i mean ursan is going to be fine you're going to be able to get away as long as he's like you know kind of baseline ursan and again we've had i think some concerns that just the concussion and then the broken nose like he's missed a lot of time and he just hasn't been as sharp as you'd want him to be so we kind of need to see how much um he maybe regains like kind of gets back to where you'd want him to be but obviously he's also an older guy you just don't know when he might start to slip more significantly so um it was hard to watch parts of it but like you said he also made shots he got in positions to to make a few layups as well um i think he was minus 13 at one point and then it kind of worked his way back to i don't know if he was even or somewhere close to it i think by the end of the game he was even yeah because he was in when they had that huge run at the end of the third and start of the fourth quarter so um yeah, it's 
it's interesting to see. I mean, you know, again, like, um, they're not like Ursan and Thon aren't really, you wouldn't like think of them as like directly comparable in a lot of ways, just because Thon is obviously more of a center. I think, you know, he has done better at power forward than I really would have expected. And that mainly because, I mean, I'm not really worried about Thon defensively at power forward. It's really more just, I just had concerns about offensively. Like, can your offense function with a guy who just doesn't have, you know, I mean, he's a big man. Like he's not comfortable, like dribbling and passing and doing stuff that you'd want, you know, a smaller player to do uh, or even a four. Um, but I think the Bucks' offense has, you know, for the most part, kind of masked a lot of his deficiencies in that regard. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and credit to Thon. I mean, you know, he's, he's played, you know, much better this season and the team has not, is not like, you know, they've been, they've been good on the court with him. So, yeah, I, I struggled with it a bit. I mean, I made a tweet joking when Urson was in the middle of some, like, you know, rough defensive sequences that Thon's reward for his, you know, best game of the season against the Jazz was that he gets first row, front row seat to watch Urson get cooked. <laughs> and thankfully, Urson, you know, did uh, end up having a, a solid, respectable night. But, um, and, and, you know, maybe there's an argument that against a team that is basically James Harden in a cloud of dust that you'd rather have a, like, savvy veteran defender uh versus a young guy who gets so freaking excited that he flies around and commits <laughs> fouls like i could see that argument for sure yeah. i mean i think harden's probably going to be able to draw some fouls on thon you know if he really puts his mind to it but um i also like thon's odds of making a play defensively more than than Ursan. so um you know obviously they win the game it, it worked out um but i think it's going to be an interesting to watch and it, just like in general too i mean it's just like Thon has a great game. Like, I don't know. Like, you'd hope that, especially for a guy who takes so much of his, I think so much of his game-to-game variance is, like, based on just sort of some energy that either is really there or sometimes it's not, which is so hard to explain because Thon is a hard worker. Like, I don't think that he's just, like, not engaged in a game. It's just, but, but they're just games where it just seems like he really is, just has something extra. And so... Um, for him to not even get a chance really to play um, against the Rockets, and I felt kind of disappointed for him, especially with DJ Wilson out. Um, so yeah, it'll definitely be, I think, worth watching, and I'll be curious to kind of watch the lineup data and just sort of see, you know, if Ursan can kind of get back to you know the team playing as well as they did early in the season with him. Um, you know, we've talked about Giannis and and Ursan being very good together as a four-five combo. So. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see kind of how that shakes out. But as we've discussed, you know, Ursan has kind of the coach's trust in a way that Thon probably doesn't, um, just due to you know, if nothing else, some of the history and and just sort of that security blanket effect of um, you know that veterans often have with with coaches. So um, I'm sure Thon will play again soon, and probably on Friday, I'm sure he'll get minutes again soon. But um, you know. Uh, it's it's when he's playing well you you'd hope you that's when you hope to kind of just ride it out and see if he can keep keep it up um and and develop sort of that level of consistency that obviously he just really didn't show in his, his first couple of years in the league uh you mentioned the bucks next game they have two this weekend friday here against the washington wizards they're obviously in washington and then uh at Atlanta on Sunday. Um, we saw them play Atlanta the first time, um, 144-112. I don't think we really need to preview that one all that much. It's it's a classic game that, you know, you, you could overlook a Sunday 230 tip. Uh, so that could happen. But 
I mean, to me, the last time they played the Hawks, I wanted to see how much Eric Bledsoe was trying on defense. And he essentially kind of just let let Trey Young know that he's a rookie in the first couple minutes. And it was over when it was 18 to seven uh, at the first time out. So I would expect much of the same could happen on Sunday. Um, and Friday, you're looking at a Wizards team that John Wall had season ending uh, season ending heel surgery. So he's done for the season and um, Bradley Beal kind of has picked up the slack. And uh, as has happened from time to time, where uh, you know, pretty much always when John Wall goes out, the wizards sometimes all the time look better, um, which <laughs> I, I was about to say, like, do we think that actually matters? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I don't know. It's certainly uncomfortable considering they're going to have to pay John Wall uh 40 something. all the money all the money um i'm trying to i don't i don't even know what the number is but it's all the money uh starting next year so uh that that's very concerning for them and you know believe it or not frank when bradley beal gets to be the number one option he gets to take more shots and he scores more and bucks fans tell me about how much more he scores and how much better he is than chris middleton i think that would probably shock you um, but it happens almost every day. Uh, no comment. I'm I'm just not ready for you know uh, another Middleton Bradley Beal trade whatever thing. For like, the record, both of us said Bradley Beal is better than Chris Middleton. We did that on a podcast over the summer yeah. when we ranked who was better right. or worse. So we're we're very well. I and, think we're and especially in the context of um, he's two years younger and he's under salary control longer. So I mean. As like a who would I rather have on my team? I mean, I would say Bradley Beal. Um, even if yeah. even if Bradley Beal is a slightly worse than Chris Middleton, um, just from like a roster construction, you know, cap slash age perspective. I mean, that that's can't be ignored. But um, yeah, and the fun I mean, part of it is it means great. absolutely nothing because I don't know how you're going to get Brad Beal yeah, because why would the Wizards ever make that trade? And you're never going to get him. So it's a fun hypothetical, but a hypothetical that's totally and utterly worthless. So that's great. Um, but I guess with this Wizards game, I, what do you kind of expect? Uh, I mean, they have they have Beal, they have you know a couple of vets. Uh, I I feel like it should be you know a three and road trip before coming back home for the, the Heat on Tuesday. But uh, I don't think you can ever really guarantee that when you go on the road, you're just going to going to take care of business. But I almost feel like that's what we should expect uh, with this weekend. Yeah. I mean, the, the normal variables can always deliver a, an unfortunate result. Uh, if you're, you know, the bucks who are now favorites in most games. So we saw the wizards blow out the Sixers the other night. I think they blew out the King, the thunder uh, as well recently. So, um, you know, they have beaten some very talented teams. Um, maybe not teams that are, have been playing as well as the bucks, but, they they can do it. Um, you know, they've got Otto Porter coming off the bench now, so, you know, they can stagger some things and, um, you know, have at least one quality player coming off the bench. And um, who knows? We might get a Jeff Green game. Jeff Green's actually been kind of sneaky decent this year, pretty pretty solid. I think he's been really efficient yes. scoring. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you really can't take anything for granted. They make a bunch of threes and you miss a bunch of threes, then uh, you might not get a good result. But, again, this is um, this is sort of, uh, you know, the, the bar that you set for yourself that you, you got to go out and win 
the vast majority of games. <laughs> like, yep. if you're playing the Wizards, you should win that game. If you're playing the Hawks, you definitely should win that game. Um, and so, you know, obviously that's 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 going to be the expectation coming this weekend. And if they go one and one, then we're going to be disappointed. Yeah. Um, and just like uh, the Hawks last Friday, this will be the first time that the Bucks are playing the Wizards this year. So uh, I haven't seen that matchup yet. So I uh, so have to see. I know early in the year, we <laughs> we were having some sort of discussion and talking about who the Bucks had played and not played and how tough their schedule was. And it's like, oh, they haven't played the Wizards yet. And then John Wall went out and it's like, oh, Sorry, did you want to play the Wizards with John Wall? Like, yeah, I know yeah. that sounds backwards, but you probably did because they were such a mess at the start of the year. They might be a little bit more put together right now, but we'll see if the Bucks can take care of business on Friday and on Sunday against the Hawks. So for Frank Men, I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We'll talk to you on Monday.